Let's be honest, realtors face an ever-changing industry. With emerging tech, growing trends, and a booming market, it's vital to keep up. Join me, Gilbert Gonzalez, CEO for the San Antonio Board of Realtors, as I get real with experts on what realtors need to know in this industry. It's time to get real. Hey there, everyone. Today I'm speaking with Veronica Soto. She's the director of the Neighborhood and Housing Services for the City of San Antonio. Her department created the COVID-19 Emergency Housing Assistance Program, which was approved by City Council in 2020. The project is now a $198 million program, which has kept thousands of families housed during the pandemic. As we enter the month of April, we commemorate the 1968 Fair Housing Act in which the U.S. established a law that prohibited discrimination in housing. Today, Veronica is here to tell us more about the city's housing resources. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So you have been the director for this department for a while. Can you tell us a little bit about the mission of your department? Sure. So our mission is to provide the best services we can when we address neighborhood and housing issues. And it is all about effective and, and um, efficient provision of services. Uh, and we have to say services because our portfolio of deliverables for the community is eight different business lines. So we could be drafting policy that impacts everyone in the city, or it could be working one-on-one -on -one with a client who is facing eviction and needs assistance figuring out how to talk to their landlord. Um, we also help people fix up their houses, their homeowners. They might need a new roof. And so that's why it's efficient efficient and effective delivery of services, but all of it is really grounded in our neighbors and helping address housing issues. You have a huge scope of work that you encompass for the city, and we appreciate everything that you do. And one of the components, of course, is fair housing, which it is going to be Fair Housing Month. Um, how would you describe fair housing to someone who, who isn't necessarily familiar with it? So happy to be part of uh, April Fair Housing Month. It's a recognition throughout the country. And many people, when I explain what it is, get it. But if I say fair housing, they may not understand. But when we say it's the right to rent an apartment, buy a home, get a mortgage, free from discrimination, um, that's easy. You know, again, it shouldn't matter if you're single or married, if you're male or female, your race, that should not matter. If you can afford something, you should have access and opportunity to buy that house, rent that apartment, or get a mortgage. That's what fair housing is, being able to have that housing option free of discrimination. And things like race, color, religion, national origin, sex, it should not matter. If you can afford it, if it's available, you should have the option. And that's what fair housing is, making sure that Regardless of those characteristics, you have access to that kind of housing. So you dis you discussed all of the protected classes, but just one more time, it was race, gender, sexual orientation? Religion, national origin, sex. I don't think I covered disability and familial status. Um, and so, you know, it, it shouldn't matter if someone's in a wheelchair or not. They should still have access to rent an apartment or to buy a house or to secure a mortgage. It makes sense. I think some people get confused with uh, ADA law as well as fair housing, but they go hand in hand, yes? They do go hand in hand, yes, you're right. 
So what does the city working on right now to kind of continue its efforts to make sure that everyone in San Antonio um, has access to housing? So one of the things we have is a very direct service. So we do have housing navigators who are, in essence, housing counselors. And one of the things they do is address fair housing questions and concerns that come up. Sometimes we'll get people saying, hey, this happened to me as I was looking for housing. Is that legal? Is that right? Uh, it didn't feel right. Um, and so what our counselors do is we provide training. Um, we train people on what their rights are as homeowners, as tenants. And so we tell them this is a fair housing situation or this is not a fair housing situation. Sometimes people will approach us when they feel something wasn't fair, but it doesn't fall under those protected classes. And so we do have classes that deal with that. We help individual clients facing particular situations and advise them as to what their rights are and if it was something that was a fair housing issue, how to formally file complaints if they need to. But a lot of what we do is really education so that people are aware that there are protections for those classes that we have a thing called the Fair Housing Act, enacted back in 1968, and that in sale, renting, financing housing, that Fair Housing Act applies. And so a lot of what we do is education. So we provide that service. We have a hotline where people can call and, and register if they have a complaint. And so our staff, our counselors, our housing navigators, call people back and help walk them through what fair housing is and what the process is. I would say our most important service is education and helping people understand what fair housing is and understand if they're in a situation where fair housing is something that they should um, bring up with their landlord. A lot of the time we do mediation um, to avoid fair housing um, claims, if you will. So that's, that's one of the areas where we spend a lot of time. When through the education that you that the counselors go through, what is the most often thing that people are surprised that shouldn't be happening to them? Is that a, is that a fair question? Like when they have that aha moment, I was like, oh, I you're they shouldn't have told me that, or they shouldn't have asked me for that. Yeah. So one thing that's a little surprising is age comes up quite a bit. So people feel like they're too young, and so they feel like, wait, it, it shouldn't matter. I still afford that. So age comes up as a, a aha kind of thing. Um, sometimes um, sometimes veteran status comes up and, and you would think in military city USA that wouldn't be an issue. Um, but veteran status sometimes comes up as well. And so those are like, yeah, I think I was too young and, and so they didn't want to rent me that unit because they thought I was too young and therefore too irresponsible. And so those are some of the things that happen. Um, I think the training really helps people understand um, what power they have as they're seeking information. Um, and so especially we, we ask our um, first-time home buyers to go through the class as well. And they have a lot of uh, eye-opening moments as they're looking to find a mortgage. And so when they start talking to uh, banks, they, they have a better understanding of what they should be looking for as well. And so for them, it's very helpful because they're wanting to have a piece of that American dream. 
and and um, I think they're probably the ones that benefit a lot more because they're getting the class before they start talking to the bank or the mortgage company, and it helps them just have a little bit of a leg up in a process that can be very daunting. It's a very uh, overwhelming process, and then when you think about how much money it is, so them being familiar makes perfect sense on why uh, that would be helpful. Now, I had not heard much about people, um, I don't know, the, the issues surrounding veterans, like, is that that people are concerned that, oh, well, they're going to get deployed and they're going to be leave or, or something of that nature? Can you expand on that one? Sure. Uh, it very much is that, um, that people think um, you're a veteran and, well, it's not that they're going to get deployed, but rather that you might have PTSD and what kind of uh, tenant or home buyer are going to be if you reenlist. And so some of those issues come up. Um, and, and so, I mean, it's unwarranted. And so sometimes it comes up in that way. But uh, people do feel like, you know, there's a lot of programs to help veterans. Maybe I'm one of the people that needs that help. And so because of that, I'm not the best candidate. Um, and so that's been surprising because you wouldn't think that would come up as an issue, but it, but it does. It's the whole um but what if you have an episode? It's like, who who are we to say who may or may not have an episode? And that shouldn't matter. There are resources to help anyone anyway. Absolutely. No, I, I agree 100% as Military City USA. Um, for those who have given so much, we should be willing to give them somewhere to stay and somewhere to live. So I am a veteran or I am a young person who feels as though someone has said something or asked me a question or is preventing me from having access to housing? Where do I go? So we have our housing counselors, um, and I'll have to find the phone number. Um, I'm scrolling through my information. Um, so of course, our department is a good place to start, um, and our phone number is 210-207-5309. You can always file, if you feel it is something that warrants a complaint, a complaint with the Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs. So they have an 800 number and a web website. So it's 800-525-0652. Um, you can also file a civil rights complaint with the Texas Workforce Commission. And so you can do a housing complaint through them if you wish. Uh, probably the best place to start, especially if you're not sure, would be our department and our housing navigators who can give you the initial assessment and help if you do need to file a complaint. So that number in our website, 207-5309. And of course, our web webpage is sanantonio.gov, and you look for our initials, uh, Neighborhood and Housing Services Department, or NHSD. So now, I think people may wonder, does it apply to me? And I, I'm not going to exhaust the list, but I'm going to ask for your help on it. We're talking about tenants. I mean, not, we're talking about landlords. We're talking about people who are selling their houses. We're talking about mortgage providers. We're talking about realtors. All these people are required to not violate the law. Who else is included in that big list? Well, those are the main folks. And again, it goes back to the Fair Housing Act of 1968. And it's supposed to be access or financing for housing. So access would be landlords, someone who's selling you a house. Um, so even the, the person selling a house can say, oh, no, I don't sell to 
you know, women with children. Um, they, they can't do that. Um, and then the biggest thing, I think, is the financial institutions. So mortgage companies, banks who are doing mortgages, those are the main ones. Uh, but really, it should apply to all the agents of those organizations. So uh, for a landlord, the, the manager on site, um, these protections apply. For a bank, any one of their representatives or any, you know, any of the staff that works in a mortgage company are all representatives of this and need to abide. Um, and then again, even the, the realtor to the person actually selling the house, the Fair Housing Act applies to them. Um, and there are these closures that we have to do when you buy a house. One of the little pieces of paper you get is that Fair Housing Act, Act disclosure, same document that you get from a mortgage. And then when you sign the lease, you get a document about fair housing as well because it's part of the law. And if you're not receiving that document, then you really need to, to be asking more questions on where you're going. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, someone who is up on the act um, provides it automatically. Um, and so if you're not getting that information, you, you need to be wary. And you know, it's like you mentioned earlier, the person who is educated and aware and from, is given that information ahead of time is going to know, hey, where is that information you're supposed to provide to me? So I want to have access to the home counselors that you mentioned, or where do I go? How do I find that access? And is the city of San Antonio the only people who provide that kind of education? So the city of San Antonio is not the only place that provides that. We, of course, have dedicated staff, and we help people and work on those programs every every day. But you can also go to uh, our Department of Human Services and through them get some help. They have benefit navigators who are aware of the programs. Um, obviously, the state um, also has a lot of guidance when it comes to this, and there's locally a uh, nonprofit organization that also provides counseling. Um, the city is probably the best conduit for it. Um, if you go to the state, it's the Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs. They have a website. They have a phone number. Um, they can also help if you're filing an actual discrimination complaint. Um, you can go, again, through the Texas Workforce Commission, the Civil Rights Division, um, there is, uh, at the federal level, the HUD office does have an Office of Fair Housing and Equal Opportunity. And so if you want to take it through the federal level, you can do that. Uh, but again, the counselors we have are actually HUD certified housing counselors. And they do that one-on-one -on -one counseling, especially with homeowners. Um, and so we can help homeowners avoid fair housing issues, but we can also help someone, perhaps they're a little bit delinquent and they need to help get help especially with the pandemic, so we can help with the homeowner and the lender to try and avoid foreclosure beyond just housing information. But the state, the federal level, locally, there's also a Fair Housing Council that provides counseling services locally. Um, but the best way you can access any of those venues is by calling us, and then whoever you feel comfortable working with, state, federal, ourselves, that's that's how you can get additional help. Um, and, you know, part of the fair housing that we do is related to a lot of the programs that we run. So part of what we do, for example, is provide down payment assistance. We ask people to take a home ownership course, and part of that course is talk about fair housing issues. But our down payment assistance program is really about helping families become a first-time home buyer. 
and we help families at many income levels with up to $30,000 to achieve that dream. And so because we help people become homebuyers, again, we provide an education to be better home homeowners, but also understand fair housing. We're at the courts so that people who may be facing eviction and feel that it's not just non-payment of rent, if there's something else going on, they can also get that counseling. And so it, it helps them as well to have access to the counselors where if they think it's something else other than, you know, the, the, the eviction factor, they can, they can work it out um, and offer that tenant-landlord mediation as well. Um, we also help to fix up people's houses. So these are people who own their house now. Um, and as part of that reconstruction or rehab, we want to make sure that they're able to maintain their home, but also understand some of the rights um, that they have as homeowners. Um, so in the course of talking about fair housing, we sometimes help people make sure that they get the tax exemptions that they're eligible for. And so it's another way of us um, using fair housing information as a way to getting people benefits. Um, and informing them of their responsibilities so that they don't have code enforcement um, after them if, if you know your your um, lawn is not maintained as it should, or if you end up having a vehicle that maybe that's not how you're supposed to have a, a vehicle uh, on your property. There's a way to have a inoperative vehicle okay on your property. There's a way to have it get a citation. Um, so that's. That's part of what we do, but we always tell folks about fair housing issues and what fair housing is in the course of providing our services. So um, that is a lot of things that are encompassed, and I know you mentioned eight business lines, and I believe you've been with the city now for five, six years maybe? Five years, yes. What has been the most rewarding thing that you've seen in this time that you've been able to be here? Oh my gosh, um, there's a lot of things that that I love about my job. I'll have to go back to the last two years. We have been running the emergency housing assistance programs for two years. There'll be two years on April um, 18th. You know, you remember dates like that when you launch a huge program. And it, it was a huge program that just helped keep our family's house. Um, all the shutdown orders started in March of 2020. Our program was launching around that time, but it was still April. So by the time we opened our online portal, people already one month behind. And we knew that with so many people relying on tourism and tourism drying up, our restaurants, our hotels, people in the service sector, um, you know, Uber or Lyft drivers who suddenly weren't going to have as many trips, um, all those folks would fall behind because if, if you have limited income and your hours get reduced, you're going to make choices about do I feed my kids, do I pay the rent? And so some people were going to make the choice of I have to feed my kids. I, I'm, I'm going to not pay rent and deal with the consequences. So running the emergency housing assistance program for the last two years has been one of the most rewarding experiences of my career. I know we made a difference for the families that got assistance, 
I know that, you know, we've, we've had waves, but that first year, the first six months, uh, and, and we made a lot of mistakes along the way, but we, we learned and we improved our process, but helping help keep people housed, helping them avoid homelessness, providing at the beginning of the program we had cash assistance to providing them the flexibility to use that cash. If they needed it to pay for gas or to pay for a car repair so they could get somewhere or take their kids somewhere or it helped them pay for internet access so that their kids could have school at home, um, that was that was just so rewarding. I, I I feel blessed like I was at the right place at the right time because the city wanted to have a good program, invested its own money. We didn't wait around for the federal government. Um, we, we launched our program, half of it with some federal funds where we had discretion, but half of it was locally raised. Um, for our first tranche was $25 million and half of it was local money. So we were putting our money to help our neighbors. And so I am so proud of that program, of all the people that delivered um, very long days, and, and our commitment to do mortgage and rent. Um, many programs launched just covering rent. We didn't want homeowners to fear that they would be foreclosed on and lose their home. It's devastating to go through that experience of, I'm going to lose my house. If you're renting or if you're a homeowner, the whole, I'm going to lose my house. Um, and so that has been very gratifying. And I am just so proud of the team here. It hasn't been easy. But, again, I was at the right place at the right time to have that can-do attitude that I bring to the work and to have um, a city manager and an executive team that said we need to do a job and we need to do it well, to have the support of city council uh, and pushing us, um, not easy conversations either, to say you're taking too long to, to get the payments. But that has been one of the proudest things, um, one of the most gratifying things, and probably one of the most important things that our department and there I say it, the whole city could have done, making sure that people did not feel like they were going to lose their housing has been one of the most important things we could do when it came to pandemic response. And it was our department who delivered. And, you know, almost $200 million over two years, over 62 households that kept their housing. Um, it's incredible. Um, and in the course of doing a good job, we built one of the best programs in the country. We didn't set out to run one of the best programs in the country. We wanted to run a program that would serve our neighbors and help people stay housed. And, and yet we got accolades um, because we, we have one of the best programs. And then we took our learnings and helped other cities set up great programs. So I'm just so lucky that I was in the right place at the right time with the support to run such a great program. Well, we had the opportunity to see y'all work only to help disseminate information. And I will second that y'all did fantastic work in comparison to the rest of the nation to address the concerns of our citizens and in this city and make it great. So congratulations to you and your team for that. I can absolutely see why y'all would be proud of that accomplishment. 
Um, Beto, thank you so much for spending some time with us today to talk about fair housing. We look forward to working with your department and with the city always to, to make sure that um, housing is affordable and available and um, accessible to everyone in our community. Well, thank you. And thank you for the wonderful partnership. We need as many partners uh, pulling in the same direction as we can. And Sabor has been a great partner. So thank you for being a partner and helping us create a better San Antonio. We're going to keep doing it. Thank you, Veto. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Get Real. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes and share us with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. More information on this episode can be found at Sabor.com. Until next time.